Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShevchenkoFoundation.com. If you're interested in preserving or just enjoying Ukrainian culture, check out the Ukrainian-Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo. There's dancing, music, food, arts and crafts, and more. To join, call Jean at 250-758-1561. Embrace the Ukrainian culture, music, food, and dancing at the 51st Annual Canada's National Ukrainian Festival, July 29th to 31st, Dauphin, Manitoba. Purchase your weekend pass right now for only $95. If you wait, you'll pay more at the gate. Day passes and camping passes also available. Call toll-free 1-877-474-2683. For more info, visit cnuf.ca and like CNUF on Facebook. You're listening to CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Go 
Winnipeg, Manitoba, that was a group called Siege, and sort of a title track, Back to the Siege. Vitaius Cheras, na radio peridachu nash holos, radio krinsko ho korinia, nachvali CHLY, den nul, den sim FM, umistine naimo, primikrofoni pavina. Welcome back to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. This is hour two, and we're coming to you live from CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavina. We've got news coming up as well as commentary in this hour, so stay tuned for all that. Meanwhile, a bit more music. We've got the Tottestrix from Winnipeg, and this is from their most recent CD, Domeli Zustrici, Till We Meet Again. Here they are now with Zeleni High, The Green Grove. <music> Come 
Now, the latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. Ukrainians say goodbye to Vasil Slipak, an opera singer killed in Donbass region. Hundreds of people attended the funeral ceremony in Lviv, that is western Ukraine. Mournful divine service for the repose of the dead soloist was held in the garrison temple of Saints Peter and Paul. In the end, the tomb with Slepak's body was carried outside, supported by people kneeling to the ground and cheering the singer with applause. The Ukrainian opera artist was buried at Lechakivsky Cemetery in the historical center Kriv. 42-year-old Vasil Slepak died in eastern Ukraine on 29th of June. He was shot and killed by a militant sniper. Prior to the conflict, Slepak had been living in France for 19 years. In 2014, he quitted his European career and returned to Ukraine to fight against the Russian-backed separatist forces. Shortly after the message of his death, Ukraine's president Petro Poroshenko posthumously awarded Slepak with order for courage. Mournful ceremonies are set to unfold in numerous places. Paris residents, where Slipak had been living for nearly two decades, commemorate the opera singer with flowers and candles. All over Ukraine, people also show their last esteem to the murdered opera singer. A good deal of Kyiv residents brought candles and flowers to the makeshift shrine organized on Maidan Nezalezhnosti Square. His closest partners and friends arrived in Lviv to say the last goodbye to the talented singer and Ukrainian patriot. I am proud to be a brother of such a person. Now all I can do is hope that Ukrainians will make right conclusions and will move on, as my brother wished they should have done. He was a brilliant singer and a brilliant person. Vasil Slipak could never stay aside the injustice. When he decided to go to Ukraine, I tried to persuade him to remain in France, just willing to defend him from the potential threat. But he insisted Ukraine needed him more than the French opera. They have never been so happy to return home as now. The Ukrainians that have just landed in their homeland witnessed the explosion at Istanbul airport from the sky. Some of them watched the tragedy to unfold from the plane's side window. The others ran desperately from the fire without any passport control. Odessa, 1 a.m. The indicator board shows the flight to Istanbul has been cancelled. The people nearby cannot wait until the plane from Turkey lands in their city. They have just heard about the terrorist attack at Atatürk airport. Now all they are willing to is to see their relatives alive and kicking. These Ukrainian citizens managed to report they were safe, since their plane already took off when the bombs exploded. The crowd rushed to the passport control. Some men broke the door. I was praying so much while flying. All I asked was for a safe landing. No one knew what could have happened inside the plane. I was buying some souvenirs in the duty-free shop when the bomb exploded. Everyone ran out and I could take anything I wanted for granted. Kyiv, 6 a.m. Numerous flights from Istanbul are reported delaying, the first flight arriving two hours later than scheduled. This one already brought the passengers who were close to the attacking site. In view of the plane's delay, those heading for Turkey also depart with a several-hour delay. Some people refuse from traveling, saying they are now afraid of visiting Turkey. The others, in turn, report no wish to refuse from the holidays on Mediterranean coast. The registration for the flight to Antalya is an folding.
Ukrainian soldiers demonstrated that they can go forward having no casualties. Eight enemy prisoners near the city of Mariupol is the largest military success of the Ukrainian army since the beginning of 2016. Prisoners' eyes show doomness and fear is taking over them. They are unsure about their own future because they expect the same treatment they give to Ukrainian prisoners. However, their expectations don't meet the reality. We don't eat kids. Everything will be good. Bloodthirsty Ukrainians, as militants often refer to Ukrainian military, give water and cigarettes to prisoners, and they are polite with them. Prisoners are sent to the front line one by one. This is a finale of one of the most successful operations of Ukrainian soldiers. It started a couple of days ago, with a thorough elaboration of every step. However, details played a more important role. For example, the soldier's military uniform, who was the first to enter military stronghold. I came inside with the gun. They were wearing a separatist uniform. So was I. And I started, why are you diggers here? And they were at a loss. Before that operation, militants started an intense fire of the village of Shirokina once again. And during the mess up, they built several strongholds around the village right in the gray zone. They quickly mobilized locals to be on duty at their newly established positions. Militant forces wanted to hide behind the OSCE even in the new story with captives. Eduard Basurin, one of the leaders of the so-called Donetsk People's Republic, explains enemies' new strongholds in the grain withdrawal zone with the agreement with international observers. Army engineering units of the Donetsk People's Republic was conducting a regular mine clearance in coordination with the OSCE mission. The organization's representative claimed that militant forces' statement is a disinformation. Militant gang formations have almost no opportunity to take revenge for the captives if Ukraine's armed forces are united and proactive in protecting Ukrainian territorial integrity. Nadia Savchenko's former commander, Valentin Lykholit, has been released on bail after he had been accused of setting up an armed gang and received a 60-day arrest. The trial became largely controversial, as some claimed the legendary volunteer fighter had been wrongly accused. I do not feel guilty. The thing is, I was fighting all the time and not looting. Activists say Lykholit was detained at the request of the leaders of Severodonetsk, a former mayor of Valentin Kozakov and his deputies with allegedly pro-separatist views. Obviously, Kozakov did not support Maidan. There were cruel beatings of Euromaidan activists in Severodonetsk during his time. Everyone can confirm that. He helped the occupiers and helped to conduct the separatist referendum. Over the last week, activists from AIDA and Donbass volunteer battalions have blocked the exits from a court in Kiev to prevent Lykholit from being transferred to a pretrial detention facility. Police have refrained from active intervention. Ukraine starts combating the so-called Ember Mafia. Four high-ranked police and prosecution officials have been arrested in the case of illegal Ember diggers. Among them, the deputy prosecutor of the Rivne region, Andriy Borovik, allegedly the leader of the criminal group. On 4th of July, Ukraine's security service launched an unprecedented operation in Rivne region, that is western Ukraine. The detained officers are now accused of controlling and tolerating the illegal ember extracting.
According to the police report, over 300 security servicemen conducted more than 100 searches in the suspected homes, having confiscated numerous pieces of amber, jewelry and exclusive watches. The detained persons have been already transported to Kiev, now waiting for the preventive punishment to be announced. Ukraine's military prosecutor Konstantin Kulik has been discharged from office after the country's anti-corruption bureau had accused him of unjust enrichment. The agency claims during five years in office, Kulik has bought over $200,000 worth of cars and flats with the overall earnings of only 65000 The investigators also say he was seen driving an off-roader belonging to the father of a Kharkiv terrorist group leader. A court hearing about Kulik's case is ongoing. The prosecution asks for home arrest, electronic bracelet and discharge from office. Two years of liberty. Eastern cities of Slovyansk and Kramatorsk in Donetsk region celebrate the day Ukrainian army expelled their Russian-backed separatist forces out. The soldiers of Ukrainian National Guard have been fighting for Slovyansk and Kramatorsk for nearly three months. After numerous battles and heavy human losses, the residents finally witnessed a blue and yellow Ukrainian national flag waving over the city administrative buildings. Nowadays, many of them are still frightened by the evil deeds of the Russian-backed separatists and the regime of the so-called Donetsk People's Republic. The locals keep on saying, since 2014, the 5th of July has become a holiday for them. Tetyana is a patrol officer in Kyiv. She was among the first ones to join the brand new police service last year when the government opened the call. Right now, Tatiana is making a report on a car accident and reflects on the increased trust of people towards the new police. People aren't afraid to come to us and ask for help. Sometimes we respond to amusing calls, like giving a ride home to someone who is out of money, or arriving to find out that someone simply wanted to make a selfie with us. Because of her shift and her duties, Tatiana is missing a ceremony to celebrate the first anniversary of the new patrol police in Kyiv. Chief of National Police of Ukraine, Hatya Dekonaidze, spoke to the patrol officers about the achievements and challenges of the new police in Ukraine. And just as patrol officer Matyash commented on the increased trust from the Ukrainians. And even though this could be considered as a first milestone of the new police in Ukraine, Dekonaidze doesn't consider this to be a special day. Every day is special for us because we're police officers and we work like hard, you know, every day, especially patrol police who are like in the first line, you know, the fighting against criminal and streets. And the number of streets and cities where Ukraine's new patrol police is operating has grown in the past year. Ukraine's new police is one year old. Exactly a year ago, several hundred brand new police officers started patrolling the streets of Kyiv. 
Today, the new police is patrolling most of the major cities across Ukraine. This reform proved to be a success for the Ukrainian government and brought a rapid career growth for some. Yuri Zuzula, chief of patrol police in Kyiv, just a year ago, was a fresh graduate from the police training program and just hoping to become a police officer. Uh, my name is Yuri Zuzula. I am officer of, I hope I will be the officer of Kyiv police. Now, a year later, and several ranks up the career ladder, Zuzula still can't forget his first days in the police. The most difficult it was really it was the first shift. So till, till now I'm thinking about it, even when I have some challenges as the chief of the patrol police here in Kiev, I'm thinking that they are not so hard as it was on the first night. Having grown from the ordinary patrol officer to the chief of Kiev patrol police, Zuzuli is proud to be part of the reform, which many call the only real reform of the Ukrainian government. The reform of the national police and the creation of the patrol police is the main thing, the main reform in all our country for last couple of years. And because of this, we feel really a lot of pressure. But there was no pressure today, only smiles and picture-taking. This group already feels like a big family, and the presence of police officers' children added to the picture. In some way, the entire new police force is like a child, still young, but with a bright future ahead. This is Volodymyr Solov and Andriy Romanok reporting from Kyiv for Ukraine Today. Poland has suspended small border traffic with Ukraine and Russia for the next 30 days. Starting the 4th of July, residents of border areas of Ukraine can cross into Polish territory only having an international passport and a visa. The move comes as an attempt to boost security during the upcoming NATO summit in Warsaw and also during the events dedicated to the World Youth Day in Kraków. The Carpathia region in western Ukraine suffers from massive floods. Numerous heavy rains made the riverbanks overflow with water, with cars floating in the massive street currents. The local residents say the consequences are devastating, since a good deal of houses in the mountainous districts remain under the water. The crops have been already damaged so far. Some people complain to have lost their cattle and poultry in the flood. Now the local administration is estimating the overall amount of losses. The officials say they are set to ask for the state help in eliminating the disastrous consequences. 127 billion US dollars is the price of Brexit for the richest people on the world. This is the approximate sum for 100 tycoons, including Microsoft founder Bill Gates, lost in stock markets on Friday as soon as the referendum results were officially declared. George Soros, in turn, gained a good deal on British pound weakening since he has been providently obtaining gold bars and shares of gold mining companies. While the financial geniuses compete for large personal incomes, world stock markets tremble in fear. British pound of sterlings has lost more than 10% of its value, having fallen to the 1985 indices. As a result, European currency rate is 3.5% cheaper in comparison to US dollar. All these boring financial activities could have been ignored if the EU was not the main trading partner of Ukraine. However, since 34% of Ukrainian export goods head to the West, Ukrainian specialists express big worries concerning the issue. 
If European Union faces currency devaluation at approximately 10% level, Ukrainian GDP may lose no less than 2%. In other words, it is a total economic catastrophe. Apart from economic problems, Brexit may postpone the adoption of visa-free regime for Ukraine. One of the reasons why London initiated the Brexit referendum was migrants' crisis. In fear of illegal refugees, the EU may simply delay visa liberalization. Brexit will not be able to postpone the visa liberalization for Ukraine, but it can obviously affect the terms of adopting the visa-free regime. Therefore, Kyiv is to anticipate any decision decisions on visa-free issues no sooner than September. In spite of the aforementioned perspectives, the experts are mostly concerned with the political outcomes Brexit may lead to. They stress Ukraine may lose the international support in view of its war with Russia, since without the United Kingdom, Europe may not succeed in further sanctions pressing. Though Brexit seems to be inevitable, the real procedure may last no less than two years. Great Britain, one of the strictest critics of Kremlin aggression in Ukraine, confirmed it will remain Ukraine's strategic partner in terms of Budapest Peace Memorandum. Ukrainian deputies of all convocations made since Ukraine declared independence gathered under the roof of Verkhovna Rada. The respectful pretext is the Constitution Day. Previously, political enemies and now compatriots in resignation, the former and current parliamentary members shake their hands and listen to the president's festive speech. Petro Poroshenko started with the lines written in the first handwritten Ukrainian constitution of Ukrainian Kozak Hetman Pelip Orlik. Surprisingly, the cave mayor Vitaly Klitschko was firstly banned from entering the Verkhovna Rada building. The security service said his name was not on the list of the invited guests, despite him being once an MP. Having said few uneasy words, the city mayor eventually managed to join the rest. East or West, Ukraine is united. In view of recent constitutional anniversary, Ukrainian cyclists organized a so-called Vishivanka run. Two huge bicycle groups headed towards each other from Kharkiv in the east and Uzhorod in the west. They say thus wanted to show the beauty and the variety of Ukrainian nature, calling the others to similar deeds. Eventually, the sportsmen met in the middle of the route on Maidan Square, in the historical center of Kyiv. Now the tourists from the west are set to continue their journey in the eastern direction, whereas those coming from Kharkiv already cannot wait to see in the landscapes of Carpathian Mountains. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Vyslúchejte radio programu Náš holos Radio Ukrínského Koríňa, která podíjecí vám na chvíli CHLY o den 0 o den 7 FM umístí Nanaimo. Hovorit Pavlina. You're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting live at CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina.
грошей не дає, ні до бабу продає, ніхто грошей не дає. Ой, дідусю, дідусю, тебе сива борода, чого ж мене не продав, як була я молода, чого ж мене не продав, як була я молода. Бабусю, бабусю, сизая голубка, того ж тебе не продав, що ти була любка, того ж тебе не продав, що ти була любка. Ой, тепер же я стара, сльози в мене лються, ніхто ж мене не купує, всі з мене сміються, ніхто ж мене не купує, всі з мене сміються. which means neighbors, and that is from a CD called Hopstop Kanada. And the song was Oinohori Yarmaruk, Bazaar on the Hill. Up next, another group from Ukraine called Troyazilia that translates into three herbs. And here they are with a song about a young girl that um, is trying to discourage the attention of a much older gentleman. Tedomene Nechode. Ти мила така 
Special feature courtesy Ukraine Today, Ukraine's first English language TV and news channel. The following is one of a series of features exploring pressing issues in today's Ukraine. Hello and welcome to Ukraine Today. I'm Oliver Solohub. In July of 2015, the Ukrainian government started to gradually introduce the brand new police force in the country's cities. Now, almost a year since, we're joined by the chief of Ukraine's police, Ms. Hatya Dekonoidze, to discuss this major reform of the Ukrainian government. So, Ms. Dekonoidze, welcome to Ukraine today, and uh, many thanks for finding time to talk to us. My pleasure. Ms. Dekonoidze, the new police is almost one year old. Um, a lot has been, has been done, a lot has been achieved, but um, I assume uh, a lot, still a lot needs to be done. So now looking back, one year back into this reform, do you consider it to be a successful reform? Yes, of course. And let's be frank, I mean, regarding the reforms that the police, new police, unfortunately, is only reform that people can touch and feel. Uh, it's important for Ukrainian nation. Uh, yes, patrol police is like one year old, but also national police of Ukraine, also seven months old. Probably you're aware that the 7th of November, uh, national police of Ukraine was created. And uh, we passed, uh, you know, very difficult, tough, uh, kind of full of problems and uh, mistakes probably root. But I can say that... Uh, the main achievement I see in this reform is the trust among Ukrainians. And it's like, the, according to the last polls, it's about 46%. 
And if you compare it to the trust to militia, you know, which was, uh, you know, just several uh, months ago in Ukraine, it's like 5% to 46%. So it's very important. And main thing and main priority for us is that the people must feel that the police is oriented on the services, you know, services which are very important. And the police must be the the police officers who are at the front line always, you know, you know, fighting against criminal and defending the uh, safety of the people and that the police uh, is for nation, Ukrainians, because uh, these people, this country deserves a very good police after, especially after Maidan. Uh, regarding new police, probably you're aware that uh, we have uh, 90% of newcomers. Right now, there are about 12,000 new police officers, girls and boys, 26% of uh, women. And uh, this is very much important because, you know, a lot of uh, people, young generation, who really consider, consider to be the, uh, how to say, the, not only newcomers, but the people who really wanted to change country. They came to police and uh, they decided to serve Ukraine. So, and uh, not only new uniforms, uh, body cameras or cars, you know, or equipment, but that they uh, are um, working according to new standards. And of course, they are gaining the experience, uh, which is very much also important, you know, for them. Well, Mr. Kanisa, what about the cooperation between the patrol police and the criminal investigation police, uh, because um, at least in the beginning, there were a lot of complaints. Um, some of them came from the police, patrol police officers themselves, that uh, the, the guys who were the criminal police who um, investigate the criminals, they, they don't really accept them because these guys, your guys, are being considered as bright new boys and these are like the, gold boy, the, the old boys. Everybody are my guys right now because I'm responsible for 150,000 police officers and not only for patrol police officers. Yeah, I mean, it's not not secret that secret that uh, of course they had some difficulties with the coordination with the criminal police but you know step by step beginning from the 7th of November when uh, you, you uh, national police of Ukraine was created this coordination you know is getting better and better why uh, first of all we changed chief the chiefs so I mean uh, we have very good example like Kiev where we changed chief the criminal police and uh, chief chief of patrol police and uh, Mr. Krishenko, they are very good cooperation. You know, I mean, they see the importance of the cooperation and the coordination. They see importance that uh, without the cooperation and coordination, again, it is impossible to fight. You know, against criminal and. Um, organized crime and street crime also. So, I think that. Uh, it's getting better. I think that the, these reforms, not only in the patrol police, like, you know, uh, this for the traffic police, but also reforms within the Ukrainian police at all, uh, this reform brought some kind of fresh air, you know, for everybody. And I can say that, of course, that the, all police officers are fair right now. Of course, they are not. But we're trying to get rid of, you know, I mean, the corrupted officers. But at least people believe that the police officers, patrols, new patrols, are the, you know, just the 
part of the MPU, and they must work together in terms of to overcome all the obstacles and uh, problems we have we have to face as a national police of Ukraine. But what about the fresh blood in the um, among the criminal investigation police? Are you planning to bring that as well? Of course. Uh, well, the next step. Uh, and we have started these steps, of course, uh, is to reform, to transform, not reform, you know, reform. This word is so, so much, you know, common right now. Uh, we, we try to transform the criminal police, which is a huge monster uh, within the MPU. It's very important block. Uh, it's because it is investigation, operational work, and, um, uh, again, the front line uh, to fight against criminals. So uh, we started the new open calls again uh, in the criminal block like for the community police officers and also investigators. In the nearest future, we're going to drop the law which will give us the opportunity to create the detective, so-called detectives institute. It's, it, it is very much important because, you know, the system we have right now in the criminal block is like more or less like very much related to the old Soviet system when investigators and then uh, operational uh, officers, you know, they 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 work, uh, they don't work, you know, in one team. So I think that uh, these civilized civilized standards and modern approach uh, um, uh, will help a lot uh, again to bring fresh blood. And uh, I can say that uh, we have started uh, from Kiev Oblast. We opened the call there uh, to bring new generation again lawyers like you know as, as investigators and also as community police officers community policing is, an, is a very important also the part of the reforms you know mr Kunisa, there are a lot of experts who say that creation of a new police force in ukraine is the only real reform the ukrainian government has done how much of a pressure you personally feel being the face of the reforms of the Ukrainian government in general? I can't say that uh, I'm a face, you know, the faces are these girls and boys, I mean, in the streets. So, uh, of course, the pressure, pressure, I can face this pressure or stress, you know, every day because it's my everyday job and nobody, you know, can deny that the, uh, this is not a tough job. Of course it is tough because uh, with one hand we have to fight against criminal. I feel the support, I mean, from ordinary people, you know, I mean, the civil society. Because, again, I have, we have to just realize that, uh, we have to realize how, how important for Ukrainians is to have free of corruption law enforcement system. The f this is a very interesting subject you've mentioned, the, the prosecution and the judiciary. Uh, something uh, a lot have been uh, expecting from the government to reform next, the, the, general, the, the, the prosecutor's office and the judiciary, yet this is not being done. How much of, um, how, much, how much your work would be more effective had these two branches be reformed as well? Police can't be effective uh, without good prosecution and good uh, 
judges and uh, judiciary system overall. Of course, we can all be uh, only be effective when we understand that the we arrest a person, and there will be fair prosecution, and there will be fair judges who can really decide. I mean, in the fair way, right? I mean, this is a very important. This is important process and the cycle, uh, which is not only around me personally or around police, but also around country, right? Uh, again, you know, uh, but there is a second side of the coin, let's say so. If you're asking me when it will be the final point when we can dismiss the corruption, you know, from the system, uh, from MPU at all, I can say that uh, if police officers will not get good motivation, like salaries, I mean, good equipment, good training, good, uh, a good, uh, a uh, place where they can work, of course, you know that it will be impossible. I can say with uh, with uh, openly that impossible to defeat corruption, uh, because again, to to change the mentality and to do this transformation, you know, absolutely to bring the new ideas and new concept, it needs the uh, sustainability, you know, from from the government to support the police officers who must be the. Uh, first person we can rely on. So unfortunately, yes, we have budgetary problems. Unfortunately, still our salaries, I mean police officers' officers' salaries are not very good. Uh, uh, but I think that, um, you know, just in the future, uh, it will be the priority for the government. And it must be the priority of the government because uh, good, uh, fair and professional and motivated police officer means a lot, you know, for the country because police is like the, uh, how to say, backbone of the internal securities. Well, we can only wish you best of luck in your um, continuing reform, Mr. Um, and Many thanks for finding the time to talk to us. Thank you. We were discussing the reform of the new patrol, the new police in Ukraine with Chief of Ukrainian Police, Ms. Khatya Dekanuidze. I'm Ukraine Today. This has been a special feature courtesy Ukraine's first English-language TV and news channel, Ukraine Today. To hear more from Ukraine Today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Вислухайте радіопередачу «Наш голос» радіо українського коріння на хвилі CHLY 1017 FM у місті Нанаймо. При мікрофоні Павліна. This is Nash Holos, Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you live on CHLY 101.7 FM in Нанаймо. I'm your host, Павліна.
Winnipeg, Manitoba. That was the Ukrainian old timers with the Sifton Waltz, and uh, you could tell that part of that song was a uh, traditional, much beloved Ukrainian song, Dizhodovrodeni, Peace in the Family. And the Ukrainian old timers, by the way, are like an institution at uh, Canada's National Ukrainian Festival in Dauphin. Uh, they've been uh, performing there for year after year for like seriously decades and they're going to be there again this year so if you're planning to take that take in the festival then uh, you'll definitely come across them there there are going to be tons of zababas and street dances all kinds of things going on there lots of bands besides the ukrainian old timers and uh, they include high profile jetons uh Party Time Orchestra, Budmo, the Ukrainian Old Timers, as mentioned by request as well, and uh, many others. So it's something to take in if uh, you're not planning to go. You might want to think about going because it's a lot of fun. And coming up next is one more uh, toe tapper. This will be by the by request band. Uh, we'll be wrapping up our program. Svitlo i voda prenosiat dla ljudi duže bahato dobra. And our proverb of the week translates as light and water are the greatest blessings. Well, our time is about up, and so... We bring we come to the end of another edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I do hope you'll you'll join me here again next week from next Wednesday from 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. and also welcome back Oksana from Ukraine. In the meantime, please check out the Vancouver edition of Nasholos Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1320 and the international edition which airs on AM FM and shortwave radio in over 20 countries on the PCJ Radio Network and in between broadcasts. You can visit us online where you can get links to those podcasts and also live streams. And that is www.nasholos.com. And please follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page. Stay tuned next for World Beat Canada with Vancouver's Cal Cote, followed by Jukebox Oldies with our own Bobby B. Cool. So on behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and CHLY 101.7 FM, I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, Dopobachinya.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.